Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not misquoting Ronald Reagan. Check this out. Education Secretary Miguel Cardonas gets up to the microphone to make a point and wildly misinterprets a Ronald Reagan quote. That was embarrassing. Uh, Ever so much so, because Reagan was trying to make the point uh, that the government doesn't help anything it touches, and Cardonis tried to say, the government's actually a good thing, folks. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Good gosh. We have an education secretary you wouldn't copy off of on a test. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It is scary stuff, uh, but we will, uh, I don't know. We'll try to restore order. No promises today, girlfriend. Every day I get out of bed, I say, well, Jimbo, you got to play the teams on the schedule. The world's on fire. We're in a, you know, World War Three on the brink of World War Three in the Middle East. The border's overrun. Inflation's through the roof. You know, crime is everywhere you look these days. Biden is such a disaster. Is he ever? Uh, but sadly, if you look down ballot, if you look at the people in his cabinet, you also walk away feeling like there is nobody in that White House that has even a tenth of a brain. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. I don't doubt that she does. 888-788-9910. If you agree or you disagree, there is no ideological barrier for entry to the program. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, Libertarian, an Independent. You could be a member of the Whig Party, like President Trump. This guy will say anything. Stop it. I'm in a chippy mood. I just had coffee. Trump's hair is real, and this show is real. It is an old-school American talk show, okay? You don't have to agree with us. We're not here to steer your vote. I don't want to be in charge of our democracy. I just want all of you to have a reasonable conversation and leave here in a couple of hours thankful for your unique American privilege. That is all. So be a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Uh, You can identify as a golden retriever. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom! There it is. Happy Tuesday and a busy one for your radio buddy. Uh, We were on Fox and Friends early this morning. Uh, If you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America website. I was on with the great Stuart Varney uh, just moments ago. That is also on the Fox Across America website. You can check that out. All the other Failavision you're going to see this week. I'll be on with Sean Hannity tomorrow, previewing his big debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. So that's a thing. Thursday, you'll see me on the Ingram Angle. And then Friday night, I am boarding a plane. 
Uh, I'm going out to Carson, Nevada. If you want to see a radio buddy in person this weekend, I am at the Carson Nugget. There are three shows on Saturday night, December the 2nd, and I was just told by the owner of the casino that there are tickets left for the Saturday night late show. There are VIP seats still available. So if you want to come out, get some tickets to the late show. Uh, There'll be a meet and greet afterwards. We'll take lots of selfies. It'll be a wild time. If you follow my comedy career, you know Dean DeLulo, who runs the Carson Nugget, is a dear friend of myself and my family. And he was a guy that was betting on me long before the rest of this network had. I was working at Fox. He'd see me on TV once. He's like, wow, you're kind of funny. you got to come out here and do stand-up. And uh, I started going out uh, before I made it onto all these other shows. And now, I mean, let's be honest, I'm like a cultural force at this point. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Of course. I'm just being silly. But the point is I love playing the Nugget. And if whatever fortuitous bounce of the ball might come my way, let's say I'm like president someday, I will still be doing stand up at the Nugget. Okay, I am loyal. I'm Sicilian. I'll be there forever. So show up Saturday night. Show me some love and keep the sellout streak alive. Right now, I'm like, I have 13 in a row to my name, counting the comedy club gigs. So I can't wreck this thing right now. You got to sell out that 10 o'clock show Saturday night, Carson Nugget. December 2nd, you better be there. And not only can you watch me do stand-up, not only can we have a Q&A and take selfies, but we can gamble afterwards in the casino. This could be a problem. Now, I'm actually pretty good because when I go on the road, you don't want to fly back home empty-handed and you feel like a real jackass having gone out and done all that work. So I genuinely make a point of getting in and out of the casino unscathed. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But I would be remiss to bring up gambling and not acknowledge uh, that our producer, Mikey, uh, had made it all the way to week 11 or 12 in his knockoff pool and made a big bet last night on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, long story short, I do believe it was the Bears who came out on top, Mikey. Can we confirm? Is my are you out of are you out of the pool, Mikey? Is that is that the end of their buybacks? How does this work? That would be correct. That's it. It's over. It is over, Mikey. <laughs> Thanks, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Listen, we thought you had a shot, and we were rooting for you, Mikey. You deserve to win in life. Anyone who has to work on this show every day deserves a pick me up from the universe. So know that we were rooting for you while simultaneously both laughing when we checked the scores this morning. Just so you know, Josh, would you admit to a light chuckle when you saw the? I final? mean, that's what he gets for betting on anybody named Josh. You you can't do it. We're just not quarterback material. I would have been the first guy to tell you you don't bet on a guy named Josh. Come on, Mikey. That's hilarious. Good job by you. So away we go. Uh, You can gamble at the Nugget. You shouldn't gamble on the Vikings. Uh, And don't bet on the government. Back to Ronald Reagan. Okay. So here's the quote I'm going to play you. Okay. It's Miguel Cardonas. He is the Secretary of Education. Okay, he's the guy in charge. Now, he famously taught fourth grade. That was the hook. He was kind of a first. He was a fourth grade teacher, secretary of education. He had a Latino background because, you know, in this administration, your your ethnicity is more important than your actual qualifications, which is to say there are 100 million people around the world of Latino descent who could do a better job than Miguel Cardonis. Correct the mundo. I only know that because the guy who taught fourth grade doesn't appear to have graduated from fourth grade. I think he's got a point. I pound for pound. If you talked about the most famous Ronald Reagan quotes ever and I'm yo Ronald Reagan. Okay. The best we got. 
the, the best, Ronald Reagan's the best thing we have coming out of the presidency in our lifetime is undeniably Ronald Reagan. Wrong. Ronald Reagan won the Cold War. Okay, of course, his most iconic quote, if you were ranking on the medal podium, the biggest Reagan quotes of all time, obviously, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, which is the end of the Cold War, and us spiking the football over on the other side of the world, iconic. I would actually argue that number two is his joke he told against Walter Mondale in that 1984 presidential debate. When they brought up his age and Reagan famously said, uh, I will not let age be a factor in this campaign. I refuse to let my opponent's youth and inexperience be used against him. (laughs) He delivered it perfect because he had a background as a Hollywood actor. And like he literally like brought down the house and wound up beating Mondale in that moment. And what amounted to the biggest landslide in, I think, electoral college history was the Reagan win over Mondale in that rematch. He won everything. Okay, so understand, Reagan is a beast. As presidents go, as this country goes, he's as good as it got for America. I always argue we probably peaked around like 1985 when the Bears were doing the Super Bowl shuffle. Society was wildly integrated, not only on a sporting level, but an entertainment level. It was starting to make progress on a political level. We were living a life in the 80s that had eluded us in previous generations. And one of the main reasons why is Ronald Reagan did such a good job of being an ambassador for freedom. He understood the problem with the federal government getting in the way and putting the bureaucratic boot on small businesses. He understood the problem with communism and Marxism infiltrating academia and eroding the faith in the American dream from within. He understood the problem with outsourcing American jobs for higher profits in foreign lands that ultimately weakened us on the world stage and decimated our manufacturing base at home. For whatever you think of politics or what have you, if you don't get how pivotal Ronald Reagan was to the betterment of this country, you are an idiot. He knows what he's talking about. Knowing that to be the case, if you are the Secretary of Education and you are going to roll out a Reagan quote in the top three, like I said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, absolutely number one, it's iconic. Number two, I give the nod to the Mondale debate joke because it ended a campaign right there on the debate stage. Everyone went to bed. They're like, we love this guy. He's hilarious. He's self-aware. He gets it. And the country's on its way. Okay. Number three, if you know, is Ronald Reagan saying what the nine most terrifying words in the English language are. Take it away, Ronnie. Clip two. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Really funny. And that line used to bring down the house for him at banquets and events because that was him making the case for smaller government. Okay, every time you expand the size of our government, you expand the amount of people that are in the way of what you need to get done, okay, and the amount of channels it has to go through before it can actually get done. Again, did the government help COVID? The answer would be no. Masks didn't work. The vaccine mandate didn't work. Did it help schools? The answer would be no. No. Do you get it? Is the government helping at the border? The answer would be no. No. Okay. How about our domestic energy policy, which is enriching our enemies in Russia and Iran and financing their invasions in countries we're being paid to support? 
Okay, that's the end result of government policies when it comes to them overregulating the energy industry. Thanks, big government weenuses. Okay, the government wrecks everything it destroys. So when Reagan was making that case for smaller government, he was really making the case for more freedom and an easier shot at the American dream. It is a money quote. It won him elections because they got it. He was a Republican governor in California, dude. What the hell did you just say? Think about a Republican governor in California. Okay, we got one of them out of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he took time out from shagging the maid to win the recall election where they took back Gray Davis. But it's not a common thing if you look around California. Gavin Newsom survived a recall after turning the whole state into an outdoor toilet. But Reagan was such a unique figure in our history and in our buy-in to this country. His re-election coincided, his second term overlapped, with the anniversary of the Statue of Liberty. And they unveiled the refurbished Statue of Liberty on July 4th, 1986. Reagan gave the big speech at Alice Island. I was there. I was in fourth grade losing my mind. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we were out of our mind because we loved America. Oh, man, it was the best, and we got it. And I grew up in that generation that really appreciated life here. So when Cardonis, the guy in charge of education, goes out and tries to make the case that Reagan meant the government was helping, it speaks to not only a lack of history, but it absolutely quadruple underlines Reagan's original point. The reason the government... Okay, being here to help is scary is because the government is filled with a bunch of idiots. Here is Cardona, clip one. We're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, There's... There are resources there. There's technical assistance there. And there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. (laughs) That is the guy who is in charge of education. The guy who's in charge of education does not seem to be educated. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. As Ronald Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. That is a fact check false. It is the complete antithesis of what Ronald Reagan said, which is that the government being here to help never helps. Bingo. And if anyone needed a better case made in this moment for the choice facing every American as we approach 2024, I don't tell you who to vote for, but I'll always tell you what to vote for. Okay, vote for less government. Because the people at the tippy top of it aren't there because they're good or they're virtuous or they're moral or they're decent. They're there in most cases because they failed their way to the top through a war of attrition or they represented some type of a value on the electoral ticket because of a group they could potentially appeal to. 
Okay, that's what the Biden administration has done. For all intents and purposes, they're not improving the lives of anyone except for the people who run drug cartels at our border, human traffickers. Okay, if you're running a rape tent, it's a great time to be you. Okay, and we'll get into that disgusting story later in the show. Okay, but if you're trying to improve the quality of life for the interior of people living in this country legally, you are failing in every way possible. Crime, education, the economy, small businesses, taxes. Okay, but the Biden administration tries to keep winning reelection the way all Democrats do. Just put people on the ticket who look like our voters. Okay, well, it looks like me. That must mean they've got my best interest as hard as what it is. If you think this government has your best interest at heart, look around at everything that's happened since Biden got into office. And that's the problem with checking boxes. Okay, you can check a box, but it doesn't mean you'll get a paycheck to go with it. And if you do get a paycheck, you might not be able to buy as many goods. Why is that? Because inflation is through the roof because of all the spending. And what are they promising if they get reelected with a ticket full of people that look like minority groups? More of the same spending, which is why Ronald Reagan should always be quoted, believed, remembered and adhered to when he says government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, leading you through the stampede of stupidity that is our federal government. We're going to be discussing it today with a member of that government, Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, and Diamond Dave Landau, comedy's sexiest man returning to the show. Hubba, hubba. Diamond Dave, a fan favorite on this show and every show. Sadly, he will not be joining me. I am hosting Fox News Saturday night. This weekend, uh, Saturday night, uh, the 2nd of December, we're taping it just moments before I go on stage at the Carson Nugget. So it's going to be a wild affair. You might notice the studio looks a little different out in Carson, Nevada, Carson City, if you will, uh, than it does out here. But I can confirm that Emily Campagna will be on that couch. Uh, You're also going to see Nate Foy, cable news super hunk. Hubba, hubba. (laughs) And my buddy, uh, 
Mike Vecchione. Mike Vecchione, if you know comedy, is as good as anybody out there. He actually opens for Nate Bargatze on the road. Nate is a great guy, uh, a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in 100 years, but he's a great dude. Uh, I knew him all over Manhattan when he was here. When we were breaking in, doing like open mics at the South Street Seaport. Uh, that's as far back as we go. And uh, he's great. And him and Vecchione are on the road together a lot. Well, he's going to be joining me on Fox Saturday night. And we're going to be doing the damn thing. In the meantime... We got some radio to get to. And in the next break, we're going to talk about the White House's attempt to convince people that the economy is working. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. That's essentially the message they're getting from voters. And an article coming from Bloomberg says they're all full of Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. There it is. It is Fox Across America. The radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Santa is coming, girlfriend. Although the cost of labor, the cost of goods at the North Pole is going through the roof right now. Biden sucks. It's a mess. But here's the bigger problem for the Biden administration right now. I don't know why they continue to do this. They kind of did this post-Afghanistan. Okay, True leadership, effective leadership, it's only attainable if your people trust you, if your people believe in the message and believe you have their best intentions at heart. For whatever you think of Donald Trump, the reason he won the 2016 election, you could talk about Hillary Clinton being a terrible candidate, not going to Wisconsin and blah, blah, blah. All of that is true. But Donald Trump's whole entire message prioritized the working class. Okay, we're going to close our borders. We're going to stop selling out your jobs overseas. We're going to support the men and women in uniform. We're going to slash regulations so the government's not in the way of everything you try to start up and get going for you and your family. He had an America first message that worked with voters. And there was a trust between Trump and voters, which is, again, fascinating because at the same time, you know, every once in a while Trump would open his mouth. And by every once in a while, I'd say seven to ten times a day and he'd throw a wild pitch just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. Like, I'm not the guy who gets on the radio and is like, Trump's got it under control. This guy throws a perfect game. He doesn't believe me. That being said, he was a great leader. Because he didn't read the room. He recognized his job was to lead the room. This is what we're doing. Oh, it's not pop. You're upset. Great. Well, it's what we're doing. The Trump tax cuts, if you remember, made low-income Americans the single greatest growers of wealth. It was the first time in 50 years that the people at the bottom 1% of the socioeconomic scale grew their wealth at a greater rate than the people at the top 1% of the economic scale. You know, Bernie Sanders likes to talk about the 1%. We've got to watch out for the 1%. Capitalism is bad. So if you buy my book called Capitalism is Bad and you come to my lecture for $100, I will tell you why capitalism is bad. 
while also, of course, raking in tens of millions of dollars off capitalism. Pay up, suckers. Okay, but understand, Trump actually did help the little guy with his tax cuts. Even the New York Times was forced to admit it's the greatest op-ed ever written. Face it, you got a tax cut and you probably don't realize it. Because to this day, whenever the Democrats get out there and talk about the Trump presidency, they're like, oh, it was a sellout to his rich buddies. Wrong. Yo, here's the newsflash for you, candy pants. Trump doesn't have rich buddies. They hate him. A lot of them resent him because he was so spectacularly successful, he outshone them. If you know anything about wealthy elites, they have gargantuan egos. So all the people who hung out with Trump until he entered politics immediately turned on him once he did. That's just how white folks will do you. Think about it. Donald Trump was on Howard Stern every week. Every week. But Howard Stern, who liked to fancy himself the king of all media, couldn't handle the ego blow of Trump being the most omnipotent ego media figure to ever live. And the fact that he dwarfed Howard in terms of relevance gave Howard no choice when it comes to self-preservation and being like the king of his little you know domain, but to trash Trump and try to denigrate his accomplishments. You can't imagine how much Trump's success burnt Howard Stern's balls. Howard Stern ran for governor in New York. Okay, he was the first libertarian to go out and run for governor in New York. And how'd it go? That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. So he hated Trump and railed against anything Trump did, just like the Joe Scarboroughs of the world. I mean, think about the fact that Trump was going on The View constantly. The View was awful. Okay, but understand, you know, he was hanging out, donating to politicians like Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Maybe so, but the point is. Okay, he was accepted by all of these people until he entered politics, at which point it became politically expedient to distance yourself from Trump on a comical level. Don't ever, ever forget when Trump won the election, NBC opened Saturday Night Live, not with a comedy monologue, but with Kate McKinnon dressed as Hillary Clinton singing Hallelujah. Okay, she sang the Leonard Cohen spiritual Hallelujah and the cast cried at the reality that Trump won the election. That was absolutely dreadful. But taking it a step further, you understand this was all performative outrage. I say that why? Because this was happening on NBC, a network that had given Trump his own primetime television show for 15 years. Never mind that he had hosted Saturday Night Live that same year. So if you have him on your channel for 15 years, he hosts Saturday Night Live, and then you come back a month later and cry because he won the presidency. You are so full of sh**. But again, everybody tried to characterize Trump's administration as an economic sellout to the rich because that's the intellectually lazy argument you can feed low-information voters. Oh, they're racist. Oh, they're looking out for the rich. Did you know the leader of Black Lives Matter in Rhode Island? Not a big chapter. And I'm not a big supporter of Black Lives Matter. I think the whole thing's a scam when it comes to all the money they raised and the amount of money they didn't actually spend on the black community. What a fraud. Think about that. Okay, they raised $100 million. The only thing they spent it on were mansions for their families. Okay, BLM as an organization is a scam. Okay, but that being said, there's a reason Black Lives Matters chapters, even small ones like Rhode Island, are now endorsing Donald Trump because they realize someone who puts the country first by default is putting every single American first. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. When you govern along racial lines, 
okay, you invariably miss the point, okay, which is that black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people, Muslim people, we all have the same needs. We don't need to be governed as individual ethnic groups because here's a newsflash. Every single ethnic group has the exact same needs. Everyone, we got to make money. We want to stay safe. We want to feed the family. Maybe take a couple vacations, have a couple of laughs, watch a couple of good movies, drive a halfway decent car. Every ethnic group out there, that's it. All we want to do is get paid and get laid. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. So this idea that we're somehow they attempt to govern us through identity politics always misses the larger point which is that if you get the government out of the way and you let the engines of capitalism roar, you solve most of the problems facing every single American. But because they have governed with other things in mind, oh, we got to do something about the environment. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what they're telling you. We've got a climate reparations, climate injustice. The weather disproportionately affects people of certain ethnicities. They're crazy. They're not crazy, but they're full of it. Okay, they know that's a way to galvanize support with low-information people who want to believe they're saving the world. Well, I voted for the Democrats because they can control the weather. And uh, I'd like the weather to be better. Uh, It disproportionately affects minorities. And the Democrats can control the weather, you see. So we're going to vote for them. And we're going to decimate domestic energy production, empower dictators around the world, tank our economy. But we're all going to save the world in 500 years because the weather's going to change today because of what we're doing. Come on. Don't bullshit me. But that's exactly what they're doing. And they're getting so rich doing it. Money, 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 money. But that's why the economy is tanking, because they're prioritizing things besides, oh, I get it. Domestic energy production is the key to our national security. Why? Because it takes the money out from under dictators around the world who wish harm on us and our allies. Putin can only afford to invade Ukraine because of how much money his energy and oil is worth because we're not exporting it at the levels we were before Biden got sworn in. Okay, Iran is only funding proxy attacks from Hezbollah and Hamas because when Biden came into office, they went from four billion dollars in oil reserves to sixty eight billion dollars in oil reserves. Biden made them more money than the good Lord himself. Okay, and this type of stupidity is why the economy's tanking print and spend economics where you just go out with thirty three trillion dollars in debt. But we want to pass this climate change bill called the Inflation Reduction Act which, by the way, does nothing to do with inflation other than the fact that by printing and spending more of our currency, you make inflation worse. That is financial lunacy. And this is not lost, okay, on the folks over at Bloomberg. And the larger point I was trying to make about leadership, if you want your followers to buy into your message, you have to be credible. After Afghanistan, when we tanked on the world stage, we took our troops out before the civilians. We fled with our tail between our legs and left $85 billion of our weapons behind with a terror group. Biden got on TV and tried to sell it as a success. It was the end of his presidency. 
because he lost any credibility he had left as a leader. We had watched with our own two eyes as people were throwing babies over barbed wire fences, knowing anyone who caught them could give them a better life than they were about to have under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. That's the reality we watched on TV as people were clinging to the wheels of cargo jets taking off from Afghanistan. We destroyed a country, left it in the hands of a terror group with $85 billion worth of our weapons and screwed over our allies who had helped us for 20 years. Biden got on TV with a straight face and said it was a success. Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. So you understand, okay, he lost so much credibility, but they didn't learn anything. What they could have done in that moment is said, no, it's a failure. And I'm going to fire the generals who advised me. We're going to get them out of here. These guys are bad news. Okay, this is unacceptable. We're America. We don't do that. And then you go, okay, he admitted he screwed up. Okay, hopefully he does better next time. That's credible. But they didn't learn from that mistake. And now when it comes to the economy, they're trying to tell us the economy is successful. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, KJP catching heat yesterday because there's a Bloomberg article floating around that's detailing just how bad families are being squeezed by inflation. Okay, according to the Bloomberg article, it now requires $119.27 to buy the same goods and services a family could afford with $100 before Biden came into office. Okay, groceries are up 25% since Biden, since January 2020. Same with electricity. Up 25% for the average family. Your grocery bill is up 25%. Okay, whatever you were buying for 100 is 125 bucks now. Same with your electric bill. Used car prices are up 35%. Auto insurance up 33%. Re- rents are up 20%. How can a family living paycheck to paycheck get by in this moment? The answer is they can't. Okay, but the White House cons- continues to insist that the economy's doing great. Not even close! And when they're pressed on it, and they're confronted with facts like this, okay, they turn around and say... Well, Trump, you know, it's bad. Here's Biden batting leadoff. He says wages are up, but inflation is down 65 percent. Clip six. And wages for working families have gone up while inflation has come down 65 percent. You're a bald faced liar. A liar. Wages of working families have gone up while inflation is down 65 percent. According to Bloomberg. OK. And, and this is real numbers, and this sucks. Groceries are up 25% since Biden took office. Does that sound like inflation's down? The answer would be no. Electricity's up 25% since Biden took office. Does that sound like inflation's down? The answer would be no. Used car prices. You got to buy a used car because you probably can't buy a new one. If your electric's up 25%, your groceries are up 25%. Does used car prices going up 35% sound like inflation's down? The answer would be no. Insurance is up 33%. Rents are up 20%. The point is every single thing you need to live is through the roof under this president. Okay? Your food's more expensive. Your housing's more expensive. The car you drive back and forth, the work is more expensive. The fuel you put in your car is more expensive. And this damn fool is out there with a straight face saying, ah, everything's good. You're alive. And when that doesn't do... And they're asked why people aren't buying it. They blame Trump. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre being asked by the great Peter Ducey why Americans aren't buying it. But stick with me, okay? Clip 10. Why do you think it is that when you say the economy is improving and President Biden says the economy is improving, that a majority of Americans outside of this building are not buying it? So here's the thing. 
when we walked into this administration, the economy was on a, tailspin, a tailspin. That is the fact. Because of the last administration, because of the Trump administration, because of how they dealt with, uh, dealt with COVID and the pandemic, because they didn't have a comprehensive plan. The president came in, he passed the American Rescue Plan, which was able to get the economy back on its feet, which was able to open up small businesses. Small businesses were able to open up. Schools were able to open up. And we understand what Americans have been feeling over the last two, three years. I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. You suck, you jackass. Okay, Biden's American Rescue Plan crushed small businesses. Why? Because it paid people more money to stay home than they would make by going to work. Ergo, small businesses couldn't hire. That's true. That is true. Okay, and the ones who could get employees were then faced with a forced federal vaccine mandate that said if you didn't get vaccinated, you couldn't come to work. Okay, understand, printing and spending money we don't have floods the market with too many dollars chasing too few goods, the very textbook definition for what causes inflation. And along the way, the supply chain collapsed because of COVID regulations and staffing shortages, thanks to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. But you understand, for Biden, for a guy who they're making him run again, I don't know that he wants to be president in four more years. I don't know if he wants to be president in four more hours, but they're making him run again right now. Like, shut up, old man. You want your pudding cup or what? But this goes to anybody out there who wants to lead. If you want to coach a Little League baseball team, if you want to drive a Greyhound bus, if you want to be in charge, okay, you can be a comedian, you can be a radio host, you can be president of the United States. The thing that all successful leaders have in common, even dastardly ones like cult leaders, like terrible humans, is that their audience believes them. The audience believes what they're saying. Their audience has – they have credit with their audience. Okay, and when you get out there as a leader and tell your audience something that is an obvious failure is succeeding, but they just don't get it. Okay, you don't bring them any closer to believing in your leadership. You drive them further away from it. Okay, for a president to get out there when food is up, gas is up, heating, electricity is up, your car is up. Okay, your rent is up and tell everybody, okay, that they're doing just fine. You can't understand what a level of indifference he is showing to struggling people. Okay, as a guy who is driving a cab, you've known all my stories about, well, we didn't have money in the bank. We didn't have a bank. We had a shoebox like that for Lincoln's first year of his life. I had the bank of Nike. Okay, that's where this whole journey started. Thank you very much. And the point is, for people in that position, they're getting annihilated. And that's why I bring it up, okay? I can't turn my back on you because I know what it's like to be you. But that's the difference between me and the people running the government. They could give a rat's ass. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone! 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Things are getting serious. Nikki Haley, whoa, just landing a monster endorsement from Americans for Prosperity. Action, political wing on the deep-pocketed, fiscally conservative network founded by the Koch brothers. She also got uh, the AFP uh, endorsement that DeSantis had done multiple rallies for. DeSantis had been to multiple events. Uh, DeSantis sadly leaving without an endorsement he had desperately craved. 
Another rough look for the governor. We'll get into it in the next hour. Diamond Dave Landau is coming by. Jim Jordan is going to be here. Going to be a rowdy one on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Inflation is up. Over 17% since President Biden came here. And you're saying that's still Trump's Inflation, inflation is moderating because of the actions that this this president has taken. Because prices are going up slower, they're still high. It's going down. The prices are going down. This holiday season, families are seeing lower prices on everyday items from gas to groceries as holiday as holiday shopping starts. Shelves are stocked and prices prices for toys. TVs and used vehicles are all down from last year, and we just saw record Black Friday sales. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. That is Corrine Jean-Pierre. She is so bad at her job. As we get underway in this hour of Fox Across America, I have to tell you, man, we're living in the death of shame. I say that as a man who is a consummate professional and is never late getting back to the studio. But the point is, we are living in the death of shame. The White House keeps getting out there and doing this thing in areas where they're failing and claiming they're a success. And it has to, on some level, hurt. Like when Corrine Jean-Pierre is like, the holidays are here, and prices are down. (laughs) (laughs) Toys are cheaper. You can't handle the truth. Nothing she's saying is true. Okay, the Biden clip that he's trotting out, which is one of the funniest things you've ever heard, okay, because he keeps going after MAGA Republicans and supply chains. And he says, this year's Thanksgiving was the fourth cheapest ever. Okay, but if you notice, there's a caveat in there, okay? And this is so great to hear him say it because he issues a caveat, okay, as a share of earnings, He says, this Thanksgiving dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. As a share of earnings, meaning, okay, if you go to the store, the turkey's more, the eggs are more, the bread is more, the butter's more, the milk is more, the pumpkin pie is more, the whipped cream is more, the second bottle of whipped cream is more if you're as fat as I am. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Don't get me wrong. You're paying more for every single thing at Thanksgiving. But as a percentage of earnings, like, what are we even talking about here? I mean, come on. Such an idiot. Listen to this Biden clip, clip eight. This past week, as Americans gathered around their own kitchen tables for Thanksgiving dinner, that was our goal, to give them a little more breathing room. And together, we made progress. You know, uh, from Turkey to air travel to tank of gas, costs went down. They went down. Now, if people making a lot of money, that doesn't matter a whole lot because the costs are relatively small compared to wealthy incomes. In fact, as a share of earnings this Thanksgiving, dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. I want you all to know that. <laughs> this is absolutely gross. 
I want you to know that. This Thanksgiving, as a share of earnings. So what he's trying to say is if you took a select group of Americans and you priced out the percentage of their income that Thanksgiving cost them, it was the fourth cheapest in history. In my opinion, that sucked. I mean, yo. Yeah, you know, if you ask 100 rich people how much of their percent of income was allocated on Thanksgiving dinners, it's actually the fourth cheapest on record. But if you go to the cashier and actually pay for this stuff, yeah, all of it is a lot more money. That is correct. So what is going on when you ask this question? And the truth is we're living in the death of shame. Their strategy from here to Election Day is, well, we can't fix it. So uh, I don't know. What if we just tell them it's working? Are you stupid or something? No, no, I'm not stupid. I'm, I'm dead serious. What if we just go out there and tell them it's working? That's what they're doing. Everything costs more money, but no, it's working. I'm telling you. It's like Afghanistan. Afghanistan was the biggest foreign policy disaster of our lifetime. You understand, we fought for 20 years in Afghanistan as a response to September 11th. The goal going there was to make sure Afghanistan did not become a breeding ground for terror groups. After 20 years of blood and treasure, okay, that the entire world knew we were spilling for the express purpose of not letting it become a breeding ground for terror groups, we left with a terror group in charge of the government sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. And when you get on TV as the president and go, no, no, it worked, it was good. You understand, forget that you're insulting Americans and showing an indifference to their you know, state of being. You understand the message you're sending to other world leaders. This is politics as usual. Meaning this is not a leader. This is a guy more concerned with politics than people. He's capable of doing or saying anything if he thinks it'll help his cause. But that's not real leadership. That's not prioritizing the American people. And that's not lost on just me. Michael is in Ruth or Glen, Virginia, I believe. Uh, Michael! Hey, hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't say something about ROI or cost per share for the <laughs> average American. Give me a break. Holy cow. <laughs> if, if you look at the price of stuffing on Tuesdays since I took office, way hey, cheaper. Well, let me, let me give you a real-world example. Last week when I was on my way home, my wife called me and she said, guess what? Everything at the dollar store, she stopped by to pick up a few things before Thanksgiving. She said, everything at the dollar store is a dollar and a quarter now. <laughs> Holy cow. Now, there's, there it is right there, real world for you, brother. That's it. That's 25% inflation at the dollar store. Like, that's bananas. And uh, it's, it's bananas. But, Michael, for them to just say it's working... It's, it's obviously it's an insult to people's intelligence, but it's also just an insult, period, because people that are really struggling are being told, shut up, it's fine. Like, imagine that. <laughs> ah, shut up, it's fine. Well, remember, remember, Jimmy, all the way back to Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, if you repeat a lie enough, people will start believing that it's true. Remember? I mean, that's that true. in there, that their philosophy for decades. True story. But at least he knew how to save the American people money on humidors. You know, 
Hey, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know everybody s- focuses on gas prices, and gas is down from where it was, but it's still way ahead of four years ago. But people should start looking at diesel fuel prices. Mm-hmm. Diesel went up just like gasoline did, but has not come down. If I can find diesel fuel under $4 a gallon, it's a bargain. But it's 4 or $5 a gallon everywhere, and that affects everything everybody buys. At the grocery store, clothing, furniture, everything is hauled on a truck, and diesel fuel is that. That's, that's one of the major uh, fuel, uh, pardon the pun mm-hmm. fueling inflation is how much diesel fuel costs it is. it's unbelievable no it's a scam and no one ever talks about that but that's also another residual effect of bad energy policy like we should all be able to agree you know how couples get an annulment like apparently like if the marriage is that bad the church is like we get it write us a check we'll let you out of here we should take up a collection to get an annulment for joe and kamala do you think the pope would take the money <laughs> oh, I would donate uh, like right now. There you go. See, thank you. And it would it would cost you twenty five cents extra according to that dollar store math. But I still think you'd do it. I think you'd do it. You're the best, Michael. Hey, real quick. Yep. Oh, there was. There was a uh, there's a remembrance service for Rosalind Carter. I just wanted to remind everyone of Billy Carter back in the day. Good old Billy Carter. Do you remember him? Of course, he was the original Hunter Biden. If we're going to get technical, uh, <laughs> yes, and Billy Beer. Oh, that was <laughs> those, 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 that was a winner. <laughs> those were the days, man. Uh, Michael, great. Uh, I, I always forget you're also a historian on the program. Feel free to call in any day with any fun fact. You know we love you, pal. There he goes, the great Michael. Okay, the dollar store is now the dollar twenty-five store, guys. Okay, twenty-five percent of your dollar. Think about who is shopping at the dollar store. Okay, I go there. If Jenny's like having a party, she's getting cups and plates and fun stuff. You know, we're not exactly balling over here. Uh, but the point is, I have been in that tax bracket my whole life. Okay, and I have a great affinity for people who are in it, whether they want to be in it or not. Okay, but if you're going to the dollar store because a dollar for dinner is what you can afford based on the, you know, the stretching of your income that you're enduring everywhere you look right now, bumping it up by 25 cents is monstrous. You got it's a dollar 25. It's cheap. But if you're buying things that cheap, a lot of times it's not because you want to. It's because you have to. I'm telling you that boy's a genius. Okay, and to get out there when things at the lowest level. Because remember, the Democrats are supposed to be the party of the little guy. We're looking out for the little guy. You know, Trump sold us out to the rich, which isn't true. But we're here for the little guy. That's why we're going to let 8 million people in and strain the resources that the little guy relies on. Inner city schools are overcrowded. Here comes 8 million migrants and their families to double the size of the classroom. There you go, little guy. High rates of crime in the inner cities. Don't worry, we're cutting the police budget so the crime will go up even higher, little guy. That's who the Democrats are. Do you think domestic energy production, any of these climate initiatives help the little guy? You got to buy a new stove. No gas stoves in the city, little guy. Go get a new stove. Wait, what did you say you were driving, little guy? Ah, uh, ah. Uh, you need an electric car. You know, you wouldn't be complaining about the cost of gas. You say you don't have $4 for a cost of gas. Well, you wouldn't be complaining if you spent $66,000 for an electric car. Hello? 
That's not an option. If you don't have $4 for gas, you don't have $66,000 for a brand new car. Again, if your buddy's in a slump and he's like, man, I just can't get a date. And you're like, dude, you should ask out Cindy Crawford. Yeah, it's probably not a real option for your buddy is the point I'm trying to make. But they'll get out there again. The campaign's coming and tell you how they're the ones who care about the little guy. Democrats are so full of crap. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I own damn fries. There it is. Back in action. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. As some of you know, if you check your local TV listings, I am hosting Fox News Saturday night. This Saturday night at 10 p.m. And joining me now is a woman you will see on that very couch. Co-host of Outnumbered. Host of the Fox True Crime Podcast. Emily Campagno is here, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, good to see you. Yes. Saturday night, you and me. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a hot always. one. Me, you, Nate Foy, my man Mike Vecchione is going to be there. Fantastic comic. You're a world-class so comedian. Mike Vecchione just played Atlantic, uh, Atlantic City. Just played, that's not as impressive, Radio City. Radio City Music Hall. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it's not amazing the yin and yang of showbiz. Like last week, I was at the Grand Old Opry, five thousand people. The next night, I was in a strip mall in Naples, Florida, <laughs> telling Equally jokes. deserving of both. I love it. I you love know? that's the best thing about comedy. Totally. What's funny about comedy, right? Is you, you go on stage wherever you are, you just have to be funny. You're whether you're in a living room, you're in a venue, you're at the White House. You just have to be funny. So as a as a performer, you don't know the difference. You can joke about it and be aware, but the gig is the same. But what's funny, Emily, I just want to share this with you, is when you're making your career in comedy, like you're putting your life together, there are big swings. What I mean is like, say Letterman was a show here in New York. One night a guy would do a would do stand up on Late Night with David Letterman. It's the biggest night of their career. But the next night you literally are performing for six people in an opium den on the Lower East Side. <laughs> and it was my favorite thing in the world to watch the showbiz yin and yang of someone coming off like an insurmountable high, like a true life highlight. And the next day it's four people who are just trying to find a vein while you're trying to find a punchline on stage. Crazy. I mean, how many singles did they stuff in your thong? Because I would think it would probably be worth it. I'll bet you came out happier from that opium den than you did from anything. <laughs> anything at the Ritz. You missed the good. You missed the early gigs. That's what she's trying to say. <laughs> you missed the early gigs. Uh, well, earlier today, Emily was on outnumbered as she is wont to do. Uh, she is a fan favorite across the entire Fox spectrum, multimedia matinee idol. Am I reading this right? You wrote it. Say, Am I re- Don't act as surprised. Am Please. I reading it right? No, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to tack on the fact that you weren't wearing on outnumbered. Most likely, what you're wearing now, which is your Grinch sweatshirt. Yeah, you are. I wore it for you. The senior ambassador to Christmas around here. Should, should, when we've acknowledged that in previous appearances on the show, <laughs> but because you're saluting the Grinch, this is what I wanted to know. Because you're obviously not pro Grinch, but you probably like the movie. Of course. Yeah. I love the Grinch. My favorite meme of all time is when he is that happy smile. Uh-huh. That's actually like sort of devilish. No, the, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that okay. day. It's okay. a good story. So oh, I get it. So the Grinch sweatshirt is an endorsement of the Grinch he became. Yeah. All right, fair. Okay, just make it. I don't know what kind of mood you're in. You suddenly walk in the Grinch sweatshirt. You know, for a person who texts me the middle finger every other text, <laughs> I just thought you might have been pro-Grinch. Excuse me. No, I love him. Well, let's go he's, back and go ahead. He's the 
redemption. Yeah, that's true. The good's a feel-good story. It is. So give me this today, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot, so buy, I will buy yourself time after I ask you. <laughs> but what is, the, what is, what is in, for your money, the best Christmas movie? And I will tell you mine while you think about it and buy you time, and the audience can listen. But I came of age with a Christmas story where Ralphie wanted the Red Rider BB gun. You'll right. shoot your eye out, course, all of that, the PBS Marathon. So that, for my money, is the movie. Because it's also the one that was, like, made for me. I always loved Peanuts Christmas, despite the most depressing song in the world. I love the, I love the piano ensemble. Great. But you know the other song they sing? Like, Christmas time. It's like the saddest thing in the world. That song sounds like you've pulled your car into the garage, shut the door, and turned up the engine. So you can carbon monoxide your way out of this mess. Christmas time. Funniest thing ever. So this Sunday, I was on a very remote island in the San Juan off of the state of Washington, which Mm. basically is like there are hundreds of islands off of the west coast up there in the Pac Northwest. It goes all through Canada. Um, So I was on one. So, so I could not be more remote from New York City than I was on Sunday. And I went to church, as I do, on Sunday. And there were five people, myself included, right. in the little tiny church that's in, like, the topmost corner, you know, of the U.S. or whatever. And so as, as we were singing, I, I have a terrible voice, as we know. And as I was singing, I was thinking in my head, I am peanuts. <laughs> so I bring this up because I was literally like, Stores. Like I was, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed." And then I was like, "It's okay. Intent is what matters here in this moment of worship." But it was hilarious because I invoked peanuts right at that moment. And then I couldn't wait to tell you know. I was like, and "Here's a Guys. quick thing. We have a minute to go. I'm going to ask this of the viewers. If you see Emily and I in public, okay, and you watch Fox and you like us, <laughs> tell us the minute you see us. The reason I say that is because I don't want to behave the way I would if I didn't know I was being watched. Hundred percent. You know what I'm getting? Actually, oh, getting- Emily doesn't use utensils. <laughs> oh, Jimmy doesn't swallow. It's just, they just eat. When, I, when I'm getting dragged out of the airport bar by my ear, and they're like, I love you on Fox. <laughs> I have to say to the owner, like, this would have been a different outcome if I knew this right. guy was here. Right. I haven't answered your question. 30 but seconds. I, Give it to me. Two. Okay. Because in present time, it's obviously the holiday, or maybe love actually. But then in, in past and growing up, it would be the claymation Rudolph. Fair. Which, it has to be claymation. Which anything, does prove it? the value of bullying. Think about it. If they don't bully him does to it? the front of the sleigh, what happens? He quits, goes into the woods with the brightest nose you've ever seen, and gets shot by a hunter like an hour later. <laughs> Rudolph proves the value of bullying, Emily. Said no one ever but Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the Fox True Crime podcast. Said no one ever but Jimmy ah! Fallon. There it no! is. That's no! enough. No, it's a smash Everyone hit. Loves it. You know her, your lover. The great, the <laughs> lovely, talented Emily Campagno. Uh, get her out. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon joining us now on the line, making his long overdue triumphant return to the show. Comedy sexiest man, Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, handsome. I missed you snooping, and the uh, the audience was getting restless as well. I don't blame them. I don't blame them, baby. It's hard. It's hard for me too, girl. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Diamond Dave, uh, a lot to get to, but first and foremost, I, I, unprofessionally, I usually text you to ask where you're appearing next, and I didn't get to that text because Emily Campagno is in our studio, and we couldn't get her out. Like, we have to get out, like, the old-school water cannon from the 60s and spray her out of the studio. And uh, as I'm sitting yeah. here now sopping wet, I have to shamefully ask you for your appearance dates. Uh, where are you next? <laughs> 
Uh, September 8th and 9th at the Funny Bone in Syracuse. What? December, you be- I believe, right? Uh, what did I say? September. Oh, it's because I kept, I was thinking mall shooting. <laughs> uh, did, so... <laughs> did you get, it's like, did I, you get I'm canceled? Nervous. You're not working again <laughs> till the dust blows over? Yes, my best. Yeah. December. Uh, yeah, I said I said this thing on Twitter. You know how it is. You know. Uh, no, not, well, this is know. no. I, you come here in good spirits because the truth is, like, speech is back. Okay, everybody who was policing us for jokes is now chanting to kill everyone in Israel. They've kind of lost their moral standing, have they not? Oh, it's incredible. They've or, or you have the vice versa of it. It's just insane. Where. Hollywood's kicking people out for their race. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. (laughs) Everybody who was moralizing, is they were apparently just like holding back the dam on a lot of racism we didn't realize was there. Like I know a lot of the people that that are out there race baiting are either A, just, you know, making money off the division, or B, projecting on a small scale. But the amount of racism this conflict has shown us in one direction or the other is like staggering stuff, dude. The best part, though, is it's mostly the left, yep. and that's what I'm enjoying watching because they don't know how to disguise it anymore. Because it's always been, it's always been intolerance, yeah. you know, but it's been disguised as sort of a, uh, you know, virtuous. Yeah. But now it's just intolerance, and I love watching <laughs> it because it's like you don't even know how to hide this one. It's great. Cra- but it's crazy because, like, you remember playing a college, and it was, you know, when I started out doing a college was actually a good show, uh, paid well, and you could say anything because they were college kids. You couldn't offend them, and it was cool to be a college kid who couldn't be offended. Obviously, that changed in the last 10 years, and we got to this place where the list of things you couldn't say was longer than the act you had prepared. Like, if, you know, you needed to do an hour, you could get 57 minutes out of the list of things they told you not to say before the show. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it, you just pick from it, and the place is cheering. Yeah, it was great. And, and then they started canceling Halloween and Ivy League schools because they're like, that's culturally insensitive. But all of those people are like, you know, if we blow all the Jews off the map and support Hamas, we've got something here. Yes, because a girl dressed as slutty Dr. Fauci somehow offended someone. <laughs> that is that is offensive to minority groups who are trying to be doctors that you address as a slutty Dr. Fauci. So Halloween is canceled, and oh, by the way, kill the Jews. We're like, wait, what? What just happened? Wait, 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 wait what was that last part? <laughs> you kind of you snuck that in at the buzzer. Wait, back it up. Can you roll the tape back? Wait, no, I'm I, I'm in show business. I don't like that idea. What, <laughs> what are you? My friends are. What do you mean, your friends? <laughs> How dare you, dude? There's like there. Tomorrow's the NBC Christmas tree lighting. Okay, uh, yes. which by the way is as a pretty Christian event per se. But they're flooding. They're having a pro-Palestinian protest. They're flooding uh, Rockefeller Center for Gaza. That's what they're doing tomorrow night. So they're going to the tree lighting. They're going to another faith's religious event to scream about the Jews. And it's not even at a Jewish event. Like, that's how unhinged this is. Like, they were holding back a tidal wave of hatred that we figured was out there. But again, this is like someone threw water on a gremlin. Yeah, they <laughs> No kidding. Yeah, they definitely said it after midnight. You show up and it's just they're like, how, what are we lighting it on fire with? You're like, I think you're not getting the pamphlets anymore. Like, we're not. <laughs> this is a celebration. Everything doesn't have to be horrible. <laughs> but you know what? The, and the funny thing is, we're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. 
Uh, you could see him at the Syracuse Funny Bone in December. Uh, he's there the 8th and yes. the 9th, right by Dinosaur Barbecue. What more do you want out of this life? Um, That's true. So funny. But you know it's like the protests are not about the cause. They're about the people. And I only say that because, like, if you're saying they went to the Manhattan Bridge over the weekend, they shut down the Manhattan Bridge. So you got a few million people who can't get in or out of the city. Every one of those people now hates the cause that you're protesting for. Like there is no way if you were stuck on a bridge for five hours in your car peeing into a big gulp cup from 7-Eleven that you now go, you know what? I see it their way. I'm actually on their side. There's no way. Oh, oh, no. If you were if you weren't racist at one thirty by four fifteen, it's official. <laughs> It's I, I know. And and think of what think about the poor cab driver who is likely from Palestine, pro-American, okay, shares the values of Israel. Like a lot of things people forget is when they say Israel's committing like a genocide against the Islamic faith, there are two million Muslims living peacefully in Israel. Okay? They're happy yeah. to have them there. And they're acting like, oh, they're after the Muslim community. I'm like, listen, if they were after the Muslim community, they wouldn't have to hop the wall. They would make it a home game. Yes, exactly. It's so stupid. It's all stupid. But everyone gets to post a picture and be like, this is what I'm doing now. This is the oppression. It's all defund the police. It's all coexist. It's all hate has no home here. But as it turns out, hate has a lot of home there, maybe even a timeshare. <laughs> and coexist is really way out the door. In fact, all the land should only belong to one people. <laughs> You could cohabitating, yeah. co anything, even even slight tolerance. No, uh, you gotta, you can't even put that bumper sticker on your electric <laughs> car anymore. <laughs> that is too funny, man. We're talking to Dave Landau. It's nuts. Okay, and this other thing that's still kind of going on. I texted you about this this morning uh, when I was derelict in getting your promotion dates. Uh, is the other thing where there's still a faction of the left that is trying to get there and meet the demands for racism, which far outstrip the supply. So a lot of our listeners, I haven't talked about this yet, yet on the show, but let me get them up to speed. There was a kid at a Kansas City Chiefs game over the weekend, and you couldn't miss him because he was the only kid there not pointing at Taylor Swift in a luxury box. So for that alone, we should thank this kid. <laughs> we should thank it's the only teenage boy that showed up without hand cream. We should already be thanking the kid. Uh, <laughs> There he is. Yeah, that's true. I felt like it was a media stunt just to stop talking about Travis and Taylor. <laughs> Can we give this kid a break? The kid's a hero. He got the conversation yeah. off Travis and Taylor. For that alone, he's a hero. But the kid shows up to yeah. the game. The Chiefs' colors are black and red. He has an Indian headdress on. Uh, the Chiefs' mascot, of course, approved by Indian tribes who want the representation and made an agreement with the team to use the likeness. So let's end that debate. The kid has a headdress on. He's got black on his left side of his face and right on uh, and red on the right side of his face. He's wearing the Chiefs logos of black and red. Deadspin writes an article saying the NFL has to address the Chiefs problem with blackface and of course only shows one side of the kid's face under the guise that this photo you're looking at is a picture of a kid who has painted his entire face black. Now that's not the case. We know that's not the case because we've seen a lot of people in blackface mainly uh, prominent liberals on the left who wore it. Yeah, well, prime ministers, if you will. <laughs> you know, the guy who runs Canada who lectures us about racism or Prince Harry or Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or Howard Stern or Joy Behar. I mean, you know, 
It's out there. I'm not yeah. saying it's not out there. Uh, it's you know, out there. Uh, right wing right extremists like Joy Behar <laughs> and uh, Democratic uh, yeah. Senators College pictures. Yeah. Other other than the governor of Virginia, you know, that that <laughs> Ralph North, that noted right wing extremist who just ran for election as a liberal for some reason. He was hiding the right wingness. That's what it was. <laughs> That was the best one ever, by the way, because he got outed for wearing blackface in his college yearbook, admitted it, apologized, and then a day later said, actually, I can't be certain it was me because there was also a guy in a Klan robe. I could have been that guy. I got to be honest. Doesn't make it much better, dude. (laughs) No, that's not a walk back. That's just, hey, look, I could have done two terrible things. (laughs) Oh, hold on a second here, folks. Before you accuse me of being the guy in the blackface, I could have been the more racist guy in the picture here. So I take back my apology. (laughs) And they get away with it because they're like, you know, the the right wing's a bunch of racists, you know. It couldn't have been me. I was at a pedo sting. (laughs) I was getting cuffed and stuffed. Oh, what a time to be alive. So basically, Deadspin tries to, like, literally dox and destroy a child who's at a football game to just watch the Chiefs. Like, this kid doesn't care, and he doesn't even know what blackface is if you grew up in this era because it's not a thing. Again, unless you're watching some of these noted Republicans you called out, like Howard Stern and Justin Trudeau. But but the point is, there is this still a faction of people on that side of town that profit whether it's emotionally or financially from saying, like, look at the bad guy. But if we're manufacturing who the bad guy is, and in this case, it happens to be a child in a perfect world. Wouldn't this be the moment everyone just threw their hands up and were like, you got me. okay? I've got nothing. The country's actually doing okay when it comes to race. Shouldn't this be that moment? This should be the exact moment to where you realize this is all a lie because, okay, they're so committed to pushing a narrative that they didn't even mention the red half of the face. And, or show like the, it! No, the Indian part is irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part, too. Like, even if he was standing to the other side, uh-huh. they wouldn't have accused him of red face. They yep. were like, we have to immediately go with black face. And you're like, he's wearing a wigwam. <laughs> Why would he like? Let's yeah. just say he's wearing blackface. Why is he wearing a wigwam? Yeah, it's, like it's... maybe Deadspin should understand culture mm-hmm. before they want to start commenting on who's misappropriating. <laughs> it's, no, it's a great point. We're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. It's a great point. And you want to know what's funny about this whole thing? Is the Washington Redskins? They're obviously the most prominent mascot when it comes to this discussion. That yes. mascot was donated to the NFL as a forever gift by an Indian tribe who wanted to honor the chief of that tribe that was a physical human being on the redskins helmet for all of those years and a redskin was considered the highest honor of warrior because you got to paint your face before you went into battle but the people on the left reduced it to this is about skin color you're making an entire people you know your mascot when the truth is the people were happy with the representation because it's one of the few places where their culture is still relevant you know, you take away sports mascots. How many Native American acknowledgments do you see in our society on a daily basis? Absolutely none. And personally, with the Cleveland Indians, not just the movie Major League, but changing it to the Guardians, it's like, look, I like Chief Wahoo. Nobody really had a problem with that at all. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the coolest logos in the history of sports. Yeah, it was. And definitely. the reason why it was there was because 
they had the, some of the first Native Americans ever on a baseball team. I think they had three at one time that were all fantastic athletes. Yep. So it was to kind of praise them. Yep. But, and the idea that that was taken away, and they're like, we're going to call them the Guardians, and it's like that's just no. And, and the the irony is they play at Progressive Field, so there's two reasons never to go to a game. <laughs> but it's but it's and it's and it's even crazier because here's the thing: when you change a mascot, you they don't actually like go back and help the Native Americans they claimed they cared about. They just sell new jerseys, which makes them even more money. And you know what the Redskins did? This is the biggest scam ever, is they changed the mascot for one year to the Washington football team. So when they go out and sell throwback jerseys, which are wildly popular in the NFL, they don't even have to bring back the mascot, the the Redskin jersey. They bring back the Washington football jersey, which means there's not even that revenue stream they can deal the Native Americans in on. They actually double screwed them (laughs) by changing the logo. It's like, but again, this goes back to what we were talking about anti Semitism. The people doing things in the name of progress are monster racist, whether they know it or not. I think a lot of them know it based on the language we're hearing. Uh, but I think a lot of them maybe don't know it and they don't realize their actions are as harmful as they are. But it really is a funny time to be alive as a comic because you're just watching all of these, you know, self proclaimed decent people expose. I mean, remember being a kid when you overturned a slate and saw what lived under a slate and your backyard it's like a you know oh, a, yeah. a civil war coin a bug you'd never heard of before you know a half a flip-flop girl, yeah yeah horrifying girl with blue hair and three nose rings i remember <laughs> i don't doubt there was one there like looking back if you could jog your memory there was probably one there a social worker with a pierced <laughs> lobe and blue hair right under the slate with the millipede and the civil war coin and the half a bullet and a certificate of achievement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's true because they don't. I don't think they understand it because they think that they're being again virtuous by saying, "Look, all we're trying to say is that this race is good and this race is bad." And we're like, "That's racist, <laughs> moron." That's so funny. <laughs> and every time you come at me with the minority thing, I'm like, you know, in the world's population, uh, the Jewish people are, I think, pound for pound, the smallest minority there is in terms of overall yes. global population. It's not even 2% of the world's population, okay? And and they every angle they come from, they're like, well, it's stolen land. I'm like, but they were there first. Well, well I colonized thing. I'm like, every one of their arguments is garbage. But that's the the part that I think is so funny. It's like, we're watching a level of exposure, and I don't think a lot of people get it because they're so vocal on the left that they have pistol whipped some people into being like, I'm just going to sit this one out. But the truth is no one should be sitting this one out. One side paraglided into a rave, killed everybody, and threw babies in an oven. Okay? The other <laughs> side has something to say about that, which I got to be honest, I don't know any culture or any country that wouldn't want something to say about that. No, you would need that. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I can't. No, I, no, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it's just insane to watch, and and you're spot on. About. I mean, it, it's fun to, and it's it is. It's fun to watch because it's everything that we're saying, and we've been saying now yep. for way too long because the internet's been last, you know, mm-hmm. and everything's been out there, and everybody's had this opinion. We've been saying it for so long. And now they're just showing themselves. Everyone calling you racist, America, is a racist. 
every single one of them. The masses ended well, during it, peace. That's what it is. And it's like you're you're talking about. They're like, well, it was their land. For, well, they were already there. It's yeah. like yeah, it's colonizing, and you're like, okay. Do you want to talk about the United States? Oh. And they're like, yeah, we should get rid of the Redskins. And you're like, oh. are you? Did you hear yourself? About the <laughs> you other know, thing? that's so dumb. Uh, the Syracuse Funny Bone, not dumb. Diamond Dave is there December 8th and 9th. I miss you already, girlfriend. You too, baby. See you soon. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Boom, there it is. Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Jim Jordan's coming by in the next hour on the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, Jenny Fallon territory, a place where they bet heavily on the Ohio State Buckeyes over the weekend. And, <laughs> I mean, man. Not pretty. Uh, Buckeyes losing to Michigan. Ouch. Uh, but we're not talking football with Jim Jordan because he's a Bengals fan. And let's be honest, not a lot good to talk about there either. I was I was on America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer yesterday, who is the biggest Bengals fan I know. And uh, he was talking about how much free time he has on his hands because there's no point in even watching the season at this point. It's the one thing about the NFL. It's like you can really show up with really high hopes uh, that don't last long. And if you don't believe me, talk to a New York Jets fan. Okay, this was supposed to be the year. They're on hard knocks. They got Aaron Rodgers. We're going all the way! Fate, a cruel mistress to the Jet fan. But I think at this point, they like it. It's like a dominatrix. They're into the beating. We'll discuss it next. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy! There he is, back in action. Mr. Radio, Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon, doing the dang thing, 888-788-9910. It's a big hour. Jim Jordan's coming by from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. We're going to have a grown-up talk about all things USA. Freedom! we do on this show. It's an audio safe space for cool people. Some of them are Democrats. A lot of them are Democrats. Some of them started off hate listening, like, go, oh, Fox News. This guy's the Republican. Rah! And they just turn on the radio and listen to it and get mad and squeeze the steering wheel. That's true. That is true. But over time, it's like Rocky IV. You know, the Russians eventually started cheering for Rocky. Some of you are cheering. You show up to my shows. I meet you on the road doing stand-up. I've met people. I'm at the Carson Nugget Saturday night. I have met people at the Carson Nugget, who have said to me, oh, I listen on KSVL or KKFT, or I'm in Northern California, listen to KSUE. You know, my sister was a liberal, and she started listening to your show, and now she's like a conservative. And that's the crazy part is that's a woman talking in that impersonation. I kid. Uh, but people come over all the time. And they're like, oh, this is actually kind of sensible. And that's the truth. My superpower is that I don't have one. I am fighting a lot of the same battles you are, and I sort of kind of get it. We don't quote a lot of policy. It's not a wonky show. You're never going to listen to it and be like, oh, I got to Google what he just said. This guy's so sharp. Okay. Rush Limbaugh, the best guy to ever do it, had talent on loan from God, as he liked to say. I don't have talent on loan from God. I have a friend named Jesus who sells stolen flat-screen TVs in the Bronx. That's all I got. Just a regular guy trying to make it work. So if you want to work with me, that's the order. Can you dig it? 
Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Boom. There it is. So we get underway. What they're not digging at the White House right now is the subpoena. Ooh. To Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. Hunter Biden now engaged in a poker match with the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, somebody you hear on this show a lot. Hunter now saying he's willing to take the stand in the impeachment inquiry probe. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, willing to take the stand, but they're saying they want the testimony to be public. They want he wants Hunter. They want Hunter to testify publicly, okay, and get out there and answer to his role in peddling influence and his father calling into phone calls. Are you the big man, Joe? And I think in a lot of ways this is an attempt. I don't know if they're trying to call a bluff of the oversight committee or they're bluffing themselves and they want credit for being like, look, Hunter was willing to say this stuff publicly. He had nothing to hide. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. We know they had a lot to hide. And the reason we know this is any business they did in any of the 15 bank accounts that they had, okay, did not have a declared function. Meaning these people made millions of dollars, but to this day, we don't know what they were doing to get the money. That's not normal, okay? When you when you hear, like, you know, someone says they run a dog, uh, you know, we're dog groomers. We made a lot of money. We groomed a lot of dogs this year, okay? That's what we do. Okay, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. They brought in some money, okay? Oh, you know, we're a matchmaker. Uh, we set up dates, you know, for guys that are in Hamas. We set them up with dates on Friday nights. <laughs> Okay, that's what we do. And you're like, oh, okay, at least Hamas guys get lonely, so we send in a date that must pay well. <laughs> Not for the goat. Uh, but the point is, they don't have a declared business. They just have millions and millions of dollars. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Okay, and every time they were receiving money, it was coming to them from foreign entities that happened to be negotiating with our government while Joe Biden was the sitting vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay. And understand that when Biden starts the conversation with, there's no such thing as a laptop, it's Russian disinformation. I never talked to my son about his business. That is a lie. And that's how they solve crimes. When police are solving a murder, they do not show up to the scene and go, did you kill her? And the guy goes, yeah. And they go, you're under arrest. That's not how it works. They show up and ask them questions and allow the perp to incriminate themselves with a series of lies that brings them closer to the evidence that would actually prove their culpability. Hey, what were you doing at 8 o'clock this morning? Oh, 8 o'clock? I was at the gym. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. We have a picture of the guy walking up his driveway with the newspaper at 8 o'clock, and he never left at any point. Ah, huh, what'd you have for breakfast? Well, I went to Waffle House. I had the waffles, the hash browns, covered and smothered. Oh, God, I can't stop talking about food. I'm the worst. Put that cookie down now. But the point is, when the cops go, oh, no, he didn't go to Waffle House. That's interesting. He's lying, huh? Yeah. What you do after Waffle House? I went to the gym. And they look at the guy, and they're like, this guy doesn't go to a gym. I mean, maybe Jim's bar and grill. He's not going to a gym to work out. Huh, it's three lives. It's interesting. Why is this guy lying to us? What does he have to hide? That's how they figure out culpability. 
So you understand when Biden was asked on the campaign trail, hey, did you ever talk to his son about his business dealings? What did he say? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's never spoken to his son about his... It started there, and it's evolved all the way to, sure, I called into his business meetings on 23 separate occasions, but we were only talking about the weather. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's where we're at now. It went from I've never talked to my son about his business dealings to, yeah, I used to call into his business meetings all the time. We only talked about the weather. I went out to dinner with his business partners, but we never talked about his business. I played golf with his business partners, but we never talked about his business. We had tens of millions of dollars in wire transfers that went through 15 different shell accounts, somehow wound up in my grandkids' bank accounts, but I never talked to my son about his business. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. So what it's descended into now is a messaging war, which is where it started over the laptop. The Hunter Biden laptop story, I don't care who you voted for. It was election interference by our own government. Our own government, okay, went out and told social media outlets to be on the look for this big piece of Russian disinformation that was coming down the pike. We didn't want it out there because it could potentially influence the election in a way that would be unfair to one of the candidates. What they weren't mentioning is that it would be unfair to Donald Trump. That's true. That is true. Because the laptop was real and hindering our ability to share it and discuss it in the run up to the election is ultimately what got Biden over the top. Okay, that's real, like legitimate election interference. You can't talk about a story that is enormously detrimental to the candidate on the left. And you understand this is not one of those things where it's like right-wing speculation. Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobulinski, a man who served this country in the armed forces, came forward and put his name on the report that the Bidens were selling influence in our government by using access to Joe Biden. And he was getting a 10% kickback for the big man. Okay, that was the deal. Donate to us. You'll get access to my dad with whatever job you need us to get done. We'll get the job done. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. But that was the hook. Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's other business partner, has also testified. Oh, yeah, the Biden was the brand. They'd get access to Joe Biden if they donated money. That's why we went to these dinners. That's why we went to these fundraisers. So you understand, okay, We have testimony of the people involved, the people sending the money, okay, the people funneling it through shell accounts, that it was being done because the Bidens were shaking down foreign governments. You know, like the time they made Ukraine fire a prosecutor who was investigating Burisma, the company that was paying them millions of dollars. We're told all the time Trump was impeached because he threatened to withhold aid from a foreign government. Here is Biden bragging about threatening to withhold aid from a foreign government. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a (laughs) bitch. Got fired. Whoa, he should be behind bars. I mean, that is an actual crime. 
threatening to withhold aid from a foreign government unless they do your own private personal bidding. That is the highest level of corruption in our government we've ever seen proof of. You're not getting the money unless you do what I say. Okay, and that's what they impeached Trump for. That was the whole hook, which is, well, you can't threaten to withhold aid. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did you. But you understand the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. So in the run-up to the election, they fought a messaging war. Okay, they all got out there and said it was Russian. It wasn't real. Okay, we didn't have proof of any of this, knowing that we did. But this was debunked. It was Russian disinformation, you see. And they got a letter signed by 51 former intelligence officials. You know, the ones who told you Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 election. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, but the same people who told you that story were then like, all right, fine, so we lied to you for three years. But you got to take our word on this. This is Russian disinformation this time around. It's bad news, and we can't share it in the election. And lo and behold, you see polling out there that tells you 20% of Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew just how corrupt the family was. Okay, they succeeded in killing that narrative and getting Biden over the finish line. But now Biden is in office. The Republicans control the House. They're bringing the case against the Bidens in terms of getting to the bottom of what was going on with that family business. Why were they getting this money? Why were they trying to hide it? Why were they basically doing what any major league money laundering operation does in taking the money and sending it through multiple fake businesses so we can't trace the origin source or the end result of the payments. They were doing things that are beyond the mafia. So when you now hear things like they've subpoenaed Hunter Biden, okay, and Hunter Biden's lawyers come back with, he's willing to testify, but only if he can do so publicly. That allows their side to be like, see, he's willing to do it publicly. He's got nothing to hide, you guys. Come on, man. And that's how they do it. It's all posturing. What they're saying he's willing to do today has no connection to what he will actually be willing to do. Okay? This is all about the messaging war. The Democrats live to win the 24-hour news cycle. If they, can cre- if they can convince followers for long enough that the Hunter thing's garbage, it's just the Republicans prosecuting a father who loves his drug-addicted son. Listen, we have a lot of consideration for addiction. It's the biggest scourge on our society right now. Addiction and white people getting offended on behalf of minorities who didn't ask them to. Okay, which oddly enough is crazy because all the white people who did that to society are now supporting Hamas in its quest to eliminate every Jew on the planet. It's weird how that works. But stick with me, okay? They try to phrase this. They try to characterize this as, well, this is just Biden loved his son and he supported this addicted son. You know, when your son is addicted and he makes tens of millions of dollars in an industry he has no background in because that business just happens to be negotiating with the government you're the vice president of. I mean, what am- who among us as a parent hasn't found themselves in that position? Am I right, you guys? The least you could do is pocket 10% of the money. The point is Hunter Biden is not being subpoenaed because he was addicted to crack. He's being subpoenaed because he was selling influence to our government through his father. They didn't pay Hunter because he was Hunter. Okay, they paid Hunter to get access to his dad. He knows what he's talking about. Nobody was sitting around in Ukraine at a power company going, you know what we need on the board is there's a crackhead in Los Angeles. He was just thrown out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too many drugs. Okay, I granted Jim Morrison lived there. He never got thrown out. 
Belushi was able to OD at the Chateau Marmont. They didn't consider that too many drugs. They let him, you know, run the course until they toe-tagged him, sadly. Okay, but this guy did so many drugs, not even the hotel that housed Jim Morrison from the doors and John Belushi would tolerate his drug use. We need that guy on the board of our company because he can help our energy business. Guys, there is no self-respecting person who believes Hunter Biden was hired by Burisma for any other reason than because he could get access to his father. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So you understand when they're at this moment now where the investigators have caught the Bidens in a million lies. Laptop is Russian disinformation. Lie. Never talked to my son about his business. Lie. We never made business from overseas entities. Lie. Never met his business partners. Lie. Never called into their meetings. Lie. Okay, the prosecutors are sitting around at this point being like, hey, Sarge, we got our man. So what they're trying to do at this moment is go back to plan A, which is discredit the entire investigation as a whole. This is a witch hunt. Hunter's willing to testify publicly, to which I say I will believe it when I see it. You are correct, sir. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You might have heard me say earlier in the show, it is a stampede of stupidity in Washington, D.C. Miguel Cardona is the Secretary of Education. He quoted Ronald Reagan yesterday, albeit a little bit off the mark. Here it is, clip one. We're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, There's... There are resources there, there's technical assistance there, and there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. He just misquoted one of the most famous Ronald Reagan quotes of all time. Ronald Reagan, best president we had in our lifetime. Okay, pound for pound, nobody better than Reagan. Wrong. Ah, stop it. Being silly. But here's the Reagan quote, the actual iconic quote, clip two. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Hilarious. And what is he saying? The government ruins everything it touches. When you increase the size of the bureaucracy, you put that many more people between what citizens need to get done and what they'll actually get done. Never mind that you put even more of a tax burden on the taxpayer. Thanks, big government weenuses. There is no case against big government stronger than the one Miguel Cardona just laid out inadvertently. The guy in charge of education who taught fourth grade doesn't appear to have graduated fourth grade. He doesn't understand Ronald Reagan or the point of one of his most famous quotes of all time, which is that government screws up every single thing that it touches. You're absolutely right. But Miguel Cardona is in charge of a significant percentage of the government. He's the education secretary, and he's a stupid person. Okay, what chance do the kids have if the guy in charge of their education is an idiot? I love the poorly educated. I don't doubt that he does. And the good news is there's a lot of them out there. And they voted for guys like Miguel Cardona 
because of identity politics. You get people like that into the cabinet. You support Joe Biden because you know he'll appoint people because of their ethnicity. There are a billion Latinos who could do the job better than Miguel Cardona. So maybe next time, instead of, I don't know, getting a Latino just to get a Latino, get a qualified one because there's a gazillion of them out there that know who Ronald Reagan is. I think he's got a point. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Superstar representative from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, House Judiciary Committee Chairman, and at one time, uh, a superstar Thanksgiving quarterback. He was benched last year. Did he make it back onto the field this year? Jim Jordan joins us. What happened? How'd it go? No, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm never doing that again. It's like I'm too old for that. So there's you know, young guys in the family who can actually run fast, catch, and that's, you know, well, I'm, not, I'm not there. But, the ba- Jimmy, the Badgers win. Bowl eligible. Oh, Pickle got the Badgers eligible. Mm. That is good because it Listen, wasn't too good for the Ohio teams this weekend. You. But um, Thank you. And I, and I know you know all that because you probably bet on all four of those games I just referenced <laughs> right there. <laughs> and by you, you're obviously making eye contact with Russell right now. <laughs> I was. I actually looked at him I, when I made I, when I said that because he's sitting here. I just looked over him when I did the, the joke on the betting. I looked right at Russell because yep. I think Russell – unfortunately engages in some of the sports wagering himself from time to time. Oh, no. Like, Russell messages me things like, I like the over 17 orange garbage cans in Section 219 at the big house in Michigan. I'm like, Russell, how could you bet on the color of the garbage cans in Section 219? But but that's the kind of fine operation we're running in the 4th District, yeah. and we love him yeah. for it. Uh, yeah. I will, I, it's so funny because I thought of you because my, me and my brother Mike played Lincoln and uh, my nephew Jonathan in a two-on-two night game on Thanksgiving in street football, which is already a bad oh, idea anywhere in the state no, of New York. That's, yeah, no, that's great, though. We had, no, no. Under the lights, under the lights. Yeah. Like in the movie Sandlot on the 4th of July Thank when you. they play under the lights. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Except except I'm 45, and my brother Mike is 50, and he looks like he's in his third trimester. So Lincoln, and, Lincoln yes. and your nephew put it on you is what you're saying. Yeah, listen, we covered the spread. I believe we were getting two. <laughs> I believe we lost 5-3, so if anything, we pushed. But uh, it was I, – I walked off of that field, like, saying to my brother, like, we're so lucky we didn't suffer, like, a six-month injury. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when no. guy, Guys like us have a few beers and get out and play football, and now you have a ruptured Achilles for a year and a half? I know three guys, three guys my, my age. Uh-huh. Now, I, I work out and everything, but they, I mean, these are – you know, but I'm still like a little skeptic, nervous about playing. Three guys my age, all of them had surgeries on their on their tendon, on their Achilles, yep. because uh, playing pickleball. Yes, I was going to say that. Like, this, is, this is different. <laughs> this is football. You're running a little faster than pickleball, but like pickleball, three guys in their fifties are like, like. Yeah, that, <laughs> for surgery. Well, that that's the most shameful part is like at least you do it playing football. You're playing football. Pickleball is a sport invented for people who are out of shape. So it's like it's like you got hurt playing chess. You're not supposed to get hurt. It's not a real war. It's like it's like now it's now replaced golf as like the number one thing they do at the villages, right? Yep. It's pickleball now. So it's like made for like older folks yeah. like me. And it's like, no, people, people <laughs> and, are getting hurt all the time. And, so. and to be clear, the number one thing they do at the villages can't be mentioned on a family program like this. But I would put pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it a close second, Jim Jordan. Yeah, is what I'm well, saying. 
I would play a little golf too, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe right. so. But overall, it sounded like I had a great Thanksgiving. It was a win, coast to coast. We had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, everybody good. comes out of it in good spirits. Lincoln turned fifteen uh, over the oh, weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was it was a win. You know, when you have one, so how, is he six yeah. foot now? What is he? What is he? He's he, he's a legit six foot five. So he's got good six size. Five? Yeah, I know. And his uh, oh, I don't know how I missed that. Well, right now we have a tall kid, but if he come bumps up five inches. The money we could make selling him to a circus in the third world is off the charts. It's like there's a fine line between scholarship and circus endowment, and I'm not above either. Okay, the re- you know bills are high here in New York, as you know. So is he still tied in, focused, or is he yes. looking at basketball? What's, what's no, it's, he didn't. He didn't even go out for school basketball team, and that's so. Stu- I mean, he just wants to lift weights what? for football. And, yeah, okay. uh, well, that's good. That's yeah good. no, he yeah. does. He started both ways in football. He wants to work out. We're actually oh, reconfiguring awesome. the home that. gym. Yeah, so all of that is good stuff. But yeah. I think the, the conversation on the show today has not been about my son for once. We were talking about Joe Biden's son. This is what I wanted to ask you really quick. So if Hunter Biden is offering to testify publicly, like I almost see that as posturing, like they have no intention of doing it, but it allows them to get out there and act like they have nothing to hide. Like, what did you make of that offer? Well, it could be that. Uh, look, we'll, we'll welcome him to come testify publicly, but there's certain people we want to we let we want to get him uh, uh, we want to get him in, in a deposition first, and yep. that's what we're asking for. I mean, for goodness sake, Don Jr. had to testify privately in a deposition twice. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we welcome him to come in publicly. We're all for that, but we think it should happen. At, we, there should be a deposition first, and frankly. We want to talk to all his business partners. Yep. We've only talked to one, Devin Archer, in the oversight committee. We want, to, we want to talk to Jim Biden. We want to talk to Eric Schwerin. We want to talk to Rob Walker. We want to talk to Tony Bobolinsky. all of those individuals under oath. And frankly, I want to talk to the guy who, out of the goodness of his heart, spent like millions of dollars, uh, you know, paid off Hunter Biden's tax bill and everything. I'm going to talk to this Kevin Morris guy. Yeah. So we need to talk to all those. But then at that point, we, we'd love to have him come in for his deposition, which is what we've, 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 we've asked for and subpoenaed. Um, and then, then, then have him testify publicly, of course, we, we, we want that. And I think the American people would like that, too. But that's the order and sequence it needs to go. Okay, fair. We're talking to Jim Jordan, 4th Congressional District of Ohio. And uh, as it pertains to this, the one thing I always come back to is the story has changed so many times. And without even getting to the particulars of the story, just something everyone listening to the show knows as a parent. Okay, if you ask your kids something and their story changes five times, you know they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. So if they've changed the story around this laptop and this business entity five times as parents, forget any other role we serve in, as parents, we know there's something here that doesn't add up. Right. And the story that hasn't changed is the testimony from the whistleblowers and how David Weiss handled this investigation. And that is set up. We have deposed a number of people, six different people associated with that investigation. Every one of them confirms what Shapley and Ziegler told us. So their testimony is held up. Joe Biden's story has changed. The White House story has changed. David Weiss, the now special counsel who has run this investigation for now five years, his story has changed as well. So, um, yeah, when you when you're changing your story. That that tends to make people think maybe something's not not quite square here. Very good. And that's the point I come back to as a parent. It's like I don't have any type of uh, role on any type of oversight. Like Fox doesn't even want me overseeing my wardrobe at this point. Okay. <laughs> and, and maybe for good reason. And that's fun. And that's that's, that's fun. the red plaid one. The red plaid one I saw on yeah. I felt I think one time you yep. had was like that that was yeah. 
Once in a you while. Know, I'm colorblind, so I thought it was. I, I still oh. thought it was pretty interesting. Oh, a yeah. shot from Jim Jordan. I'm colorblind. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. Listen, I've been told the guy picking him out is all the way blind, so you can't hurt yeah. my feelings. Don't, don't, you're not going to insult my stylist, Stevie Wonder. I'm not going to stand by and take it. No, I am not. Uh, let me bring you down a peg before I let you run. Uh, you talked yeah. a lot about your Badgers, but what about your Bengals? You got anything for uh, me there? With, without without the quarterback. You know, like, what little I know about football is, like, unless you have a quarterback, it's just tough to be the best team. It's just, yeah. it's just tough to win the big games, whether mm-hmm. it's college. I mean, that's what hurt, I think, the Badgers most of the year. They lost a quarterback. Yep. They had their, their best running back out for a while. Yep. And uh, when they get him back, they beat Minnesota. They're, you know, eligible yeah. for bowl and everything else. So, But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. For them. No, it is. It's, listen, it's gonna be tough. as a New Yorker, we've, you know, we, we were supposed to, this yeah. was supposed to be the year. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, we're going to the Super Bowl. He got hurt on the third play of the season, man. <laughs> He played one minute or something. What was it like? A two minute? I don't yeah. know. Like uh, one series. Bad. On he got yeah. hurt on third down. The series ended on fourth down. They punted on the whole season on fourth down, not yeah. just the ball. The season, and you know this. The Jets. I saw him. Yeah, we were at a game in, in Lambeau. This mm-hmm. is way. So our, our boys wrestled for the bat. We're up for a rec- so our youngest is a recruiting visit to Wisconsin. So we got to see Russell Wilson play when he was quarterback in the Badgers. Mm-hmm. And then we went Sunday on up to Green Bay, and we got to see Aaron Rodgers. And I, I remember early in the game, they're playing the Rams. Mm-hmm. And he uh, – so he he rolls out to his left. Mm-hmm. And that's back when they had um, uh, Jordy Nelson. Oh, yeah. Uh, wide out. <clears throat> and Nelson's coming across the field. He rolls out, just kind of turns, so smooth, throws the ball. in 40-yard pass, catches a touchdown. It was like – and then we were right in the great seats, and you, like, see the whole play unfold, and you're like – that's why they're pros. Yo, that's, I yeah. mean, that was, he made it look so easy. Yep. And then, of course, you know, you guys are expecting the same kind of thing in three plays and it's over. <laughs> but you know what? Some of you touched on, which will, for the Jets, I honestly, I think the Jets fans like the abuse. Like, I think selfish. <laughs> if you're talking about a team, okay, that hasn't won a Super Bowl since before the moon landing, think about that. <laughs> Think about Broadway Joe called yeah. it. Yeah. Think about that. People people yeah. like to joke that we faked the moon landing. I believe we might have faked the Jets Super Bowl win. <laughs> that might be a conspiracy. <laughs> we did a whole, we what's that your next documentary? Yeah, maybe that'll did be the next thing I interview you on. Did we fake Namus the Super real? Bowl? Was Namus real? Of course he was. What was the who was the running back? I can't remember the running back. Oh, on the um, Jets? Hold on. I'm thinking yeah, of Weave Eubank the coach. Weave Eubank the coach. Yeah, that was Ooh, great. Let me I'm Johnny, I'm actually gonna Johnny United. They beat the Colts, right? Yep. Yeah, because my dad used to watch first to seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm, sixteen to seven. It was oh Emerson Boozer. Josh it was Emerson had because he had the cool name. Emerson yes. Boozer had the cool name. Yeah, and, and Josh, yeah. my engineer, give him credit. He beat Google to the race because I was going to look yeah. it up Emerson to double check. You know, it, yeah. it's embarrassing when you can't name the all-time Jets as a New Yorker because there were only three of them. <laughs> like you're supposed so remember, to know. Good. Remember, like it was a year, it was a few years later, because I was, I would have been like, I don't know, seven, I don't know, in grade school. Yeah. But it was like uh, the Dolphins undefeated, and it was like they had like three running backs, mm-hmm. and like I think, I think two of them gained like a thousand yards. I'm Zonka, it, it like, greasy, Zonka kick. Yep. The, the greasy kick. quarterback yep. Donka kicked Mercury Morris. Another yeah, team. good one. Mercury Morris. Yeah. I remember that when you're a kid, you always remember the, the name. The good like names. I mean, uh, remember yeah, the, the remember Cowboys. The, the Cowboys had Hollywood Henderson. 
Hollywood Henderson, Tony Dorsett, remember him after Calvin Hill? Yes, but I loved it. Everyone loved the Cowboys back then with Tom Landry with the the uh, shadow picture with the hat. You know, that was cool. Hollywood Henderson famously said Terry Bradshaw was so dumb he couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the T, which I just it was just like funny <laughs> trash talk. <laughs> that is funny oh, trash Bradshaw. talk. Now, all right, now that we've succeeded in upsetting all my Pittsburgh listeners, uh, I'll yeah. let you get back to the fourth district. Great stuff, my all man. Right. You're the best. Take care. See you, Jimmy. See you soon, Thanks, Jim. man. The great Jim Jordan. There he goes. Taking shots at the WJAS listeners. He wasn't. I was, just to be clear. And we love Terry Bradshaw. He's here in the Fox stable on Fox Sports. They were actually, for Thanksgiving, Fox NFL was broadcasting right here from Fox Square, where we lit the Christmas tree last week. And then they did their their broadcast uh, Sunday for Fox NFL as well. And I missed the whole thing because uh, I was out on Long Island. When you have one child and he celebrates a birthday, it's like a Japanese baby emperor. You have like five different parties. For real, there's like parades, there's a marching band. The Link Band, a little bit spoiled when it comes to the birthday. Shut your mouth. But we're not even complaining. No, he's a good kid. I'm happy we could spoil him. The Link Man is uh, in a funny phase. Some of the guys listening might be able to relate to this. But uh, he's he is like me. He likes to decorate his room. When I was a kid, my shared a room with both of my brothers, with Mike and Joey. So I had my one wall on my side of the room. And uh, I was always cutting things out of magazines like athletes and stuff and cool ads and stuff and just taping them to the wall. And then, of course, when you took them down, your parents walked in and saw all the glue on the wall. Oh, no, no. Yeah, and you were catching a belt or a spoon uh, for wrecking the place. But the point is I used to constantly redecorate my room and change the energy, and I just always liked that. And it's funny because when I got uh, my office here at Fox, that's the first thing I did is went and hung up, like, all the images of things I like that kind of put me in a good energy to write when I'm writing jokes up there and stuff like that. And uh, it's funny because Lincoln is in that same place with his room. And for his birthday this year, that's what he wanted. He wanted a, quote, uh, I'm not even kidding. He had a tweet of Kanye West that he wanted printed out on a giant flag. This could be a problem. No, no, it's not that tweet. <laughs> it's a different tweet. Uh, Kanye West has a tweet from like five years ago where he said, I want, uh, I want to live in a room full of mirrors so I can be surrounded by winners everywhere I look. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, and as you know, I voted for Kanye West. We've all, everyone knows that. You're just another dirtbag. I'm kidding. But Lincoln is in that same phase where he has his tweets, he has his football cards, he has his jerseys hanging up. He has a Mark Holton jersey hanging up from Teen Wolf. Shoot it, fat boy. Because our good buddy Mark Holton sent us a jersey. And uh, he has his Kenny Pickett Steelers jersey hanging up. So calm down, Beaver County Radio, WJAS. He's got his... Uh, he has a George Pickens jersey. He has a Kenny Pickett jersey. He's got, you know, some Steelers swag. They're well represented in our house. We love Pittsburgh. That's where my Uncle Sam is, man. Uncle Sam's the man. But he's in that phase where he's decorating the room, and uh, it looks cool. And uh, it's a funny phase to go through as a boy because gradually it goes from, you know, here's a guy on the Steelers to here's a girl on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I love it when you talk dirty. No, we're not there yet, but you can feel it coming is what I'm trying Trying to say like one day you're like yeah Lincoln isn't Kenny Pickett awesome I'm like yeah the next time I come up the stairs he's like hubba hubba so silly back after this you're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon a very inventive troubled comedian 
Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's kind of a radio Friday for me. You didn't know this, but uh, I am off the air tomorrow through Friday. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Listen, it's hard for me too, baby. But understand, I am going to be uh, blessing you with a series of superstar guest hosts, one more talented than the other. Okay, that's a thing. Uh, but I'm off the grid recording. You don't know. I tell you guys too much, but I'm actually recording my audio book. Uh, book doesn't come out until January. But uh, Harper Collins has me locked up in a dungeon uh, from <laughs> 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. the next three days. And when that's over, I'll be flying out to Carson City, Nevada, so I can tape Fox News Saturday night and then run on stage at the Carson Nugget and do three live shows. It's going to be wild stuff, like an absolutely insane 24 hours uh, that you're all welcome to be a part of. If you want to come out to the Nugget next Saturday night, see me in action. It's December 2nd. There are VIP seats left for the 10 o'clock show, and I need to keep my sellout streak intact. That was hot, people. Come on, man. You got to turn out for the champ. Uh, That's this Saturday, December the 2nd, Carson City, Nevada, right there at the Nugget. If you're not out in Nevada and you just want to watch me do television, we'll be taping an episode uh, that'll air at 10 p.m. Fox News Saturday night. It is my turn to host, and uh, I definitely need the rating. So support your radio buddy one way or the other. Watch a little failovision, would you? It's going to be a good time. But, yes, tomorrow through Friday, I'm working out this audio book. It's actually a really cool thing I'm really proud of. And you're going to hear all about the schedule of when the book comes out and goes on sale and what the focus is next week. You'll see the cover. You'll see everything. Now, you don't know that's coming, so keep it between us. You know, like earmuffs, that sort of thing. Don't tell anybody. But you guys have the highest security clearance in the radio, media, television industry. There is no other show that deals you into this level of access to their careers, their personal lives, their family, which TV stars got drunk and accidentally locked in my garage. I tell you everything uh, because it's our show. And that is something I I really do mean. Like, I hate when I'm off uh, and I don't even have access to a studio to come do the show. Like, I've got to travel or go to some event uh, because I just like doing the show. Like, this isn't work to me. Like, I used to work and listen to talk radio. The idea that I'm now the guy doing talk radio while other people are at work, like, it actually blows my mind, you know, to be the voice coming out of somebody's speaker because so much of my life – you know, hinged on the voice coming out of the speaker when I was sitting in a taxi for 12 hours a day. Like, I appreciate the power of radio and the intimacy and the connection you have emotionally to the shows that are a daily part of your routine more than you can possibly imagine. And uh, that's the one thing that kills me about taking a day off, you know, is just not being able to be a part of this magical thing we've built because this show is so unique. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's unique. (laughs) Nobody is having more fun than we are. Like, the world is literally on fire we're bringing on lawmakers to roast marshmallows and along the way you get some very serious analysis from the people who can actually get out there and make a difference in the world so for that uh, i say to the world on behalf of everybody who makes this show go round, you're welcome enjoy the rest of the week i will see you saturday night on fox news saturday night or maybe even better at the carson nugget you better be there all right show's over pay up get out Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.